So I want to start out this morning by asking the question, why is the resurrection of Jesus Christ so important? Well, the Apostle Paul starts out his letter to the Romans with the answer. In Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, he says this, This letter is from Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach the good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line. And listen to this. And he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Did you hear that, church? He was shown to be the son of God by the resurrection. See, although he eternally existed as the son of God, Jesus's resurrection demonstrated him to be God's son, revealing him in all his glory and power. You think about this, even everything that Jesus said and did while he was on the earth, his resurrection from the dead is what proved the reality that he is the son of the living God. And because of this reality, we can now tap in to new realities in our own life. This morning, I just want to talk to you about Christ's resurrection is our reality. I want to give you a few of them this morning, a few realities that we can tap into every single day because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, the reality of redemption, the reality of redemption. I want to read the account of the resurrection from Mark chapter 16 this morning. Mark 16, 1 says this, Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salimi went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in white robes sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. The women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. Then they briefly reported all this to Peter and his companions. Afterward, Jesus himself sent them out from east to west and this, with the sacred, unfailing message of salvation that gives eternal life. Amen. What I love about Mark's account of the resurrection is that the angel told these ladies to let Peter know specifically by name that Jesus had risen from the dead. Now, this is significant because Peter had denied Jesus three times right before Jesus was crucified. And I want to read you that account. Mark 14, 66 says this. Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming herself or warming himself at the fire. 
She looked at him closely and said, you were one of those with Jesus the Nazareth. But Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said, and he went out into the entryway. Just then a rooster crowed. Then the servant girls, the servant girl saw him standing there. She began telling the others, this man is definitely one of them. But Peter denied it again. A little later, some of the other bystanders confronted Peter and said, you must be one of them because you are a Galilean. Peter swore, or curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he broke down and wept. You see, Jesus had told Peter earlier that he was going to deny him. And Peter said, no, Lord, I'll never deny you. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. But sure enough, when the time came, Peter denied three times. While Jesus stood boldly before the Sanhedrin, Peter folded before those with little power, cursed Jesus, and swore that he did not know him. So you could imagine now how big of a deal it was when the angel told these ladies to go tell Peter and the disciples that the Lord has risen. You probably, you could about imagine Peter probably thought, man, you know what? There's no way I, I, I blew it. I failed. You know, I, I, I miserably let our Lord down. I betrayed him. I denied him. But yet when he was resurrected, the angels, which are the messengers of God, said, hey, go tell Peter and the disciples, the rest of my brothers, that I had risen. Luke's account of the resurrection also specifically says that the Lord appeared to Peter. Listen to this in Luke 24, 33. It says, and within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has risen. He appeared to Peter. So the 11 disciples were telling some that I came in and said, hey, the Lord's risen. He appeared to Peter. This alludes to, to Jesus appearing to Peter before the rest of the 12. Uh, and the apostle Paul confirms this in 1 Corinthians. Look at 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 3 and 5. It says, I pass on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day. Just as the scripture said, he was sent by Peter, or I'm sorry, he was seen by Peter and then by the 12. You see that Jesus appeared to Peter first, then to the 12. Now let's read John's account of Jesus's conversation with Peter after the resurrection. So Peter, God, uh, Jesus tells Peter, uh, you know, he prays to him first, tells the ladies to go tell Peter. So, and, and now they're having this conversation. Now the account of John. We're looking at the account of the resurrection uh, from all the different Gospels. Now look at the Gospel of John 21. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs. Jesus told him, Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked him the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. This is very interesting because the three questions and affirmations mirror Peter's de three denials. Jesus invited Peter to affirm everything 
he had denied. See, the focus now of Jesus' exchange with Peter was not on the quality of Peter's love, but was Peter's commission to take care of Jesus' flock. So why did I show you all of that? After all of Peter's flaws and failures, Jesus sought him out, gave him a chance to make things right, and affirmed his calling and his purpose. Later in Acts, we see God using Peter in a mighty way. After his first message he ever preached, 3,000 people got saved and were baptized. Not only Peter, but all of the disciples' desertion and denial would be forgiven and their apostolic commission would be restored. This redemption, remember, we're talking about the reality of redemption. This redemption transformed the disciples from a fearful band to fearless followers. So what's the application for me and you? Even in our failures, our disappointments, our lack of faith, our denials, the Lord searches us out to redeem us, to restore our relationship with Him, and to use us to make a difference and to glorify Him. That's one of the blessings of the resurrection, is that the reality of the resurrection for us is that there's redemption we, we talk about that we know the cross was the beginning of the redemption as we just celebrated communion, the spilling of his blood. But when he rose again, he went after Peter. And guess what? If you're listening out there today, I don't know where you're at, but he's coming after you. I love Psalm 23. It says his unfailing love and his kindness pursues us all the days of our lives. You may feel like Peter today. You may say, man, Brandon, I've failed so many times. I've disappointed the Lord. I've even maybe denied the Lord. I've turned my back on him. Man, there's no way God, God, he, he, he's probably done with me. He don't want to have anything to do with me. No, this story shows us all the gospels line up together showing us that Jesus specifically went after Peter and said, even on all your failures and flaws, I still love you. I want a relationship with you and you can still make a difference. There's a purpose and a calling. That's for somebody out there listening today. I just want to encourage you. The Lord still loves you. That's why he died. That's why he was buried and rose again. So he can continue to redeem us. He can continue to restore a right relationship with him. And so we can fulfill our God-given destiny, purpose, so we can make a difference and glorify Him. The second reality is the reality of resurrection power. Look at what Jesus told the disciples after the resurrection. Luke 24 and 49 says this, And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. He told the disciples this right after the resurrection. Now look at Romans 8, 11. I love this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So the same thing that Jesus said to wait on, later on the Apostle Paul writing to the Romans again says the same Spirit, the same Spirit with the, the, the amazing power that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead lives inside of me and you today, church. Our mighty and powerful Lord Jesus, who defeated death, rose in triumph, lives forever inside of you and me by His Spirit. That's great news this morning. The reality of resurrection power. That's why Ephesians 6 tells us in Ephesians 6 verse 10, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. 
Listen, we have resurrection power inside of us. And again, Paul's now encouraging the church in Ephesus. And it's still true today. The Holy Spirit's speaking to me and you today on this Resurrection Sunday. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Listen, when you get in your car and you put the car in drive, it makes no difference if you're 50 pounds or if you're 350 pounds. The power is in the engine of your vehicle. And it's going to take off. When you start that key and you put it in drive and you press that accelerator, it doesn't matter. It's going to take off. You only need the strength to turn the key and press the pedal, not to move the car. The engine does that. Well, you know what? It's the same with us. God never expects, expects us to simply have this strength he talks about. Your strength and my strength is in the power of Christ who lives inside of us. The resurrected Christ lives in us. Through his Holy Spirit. So remember that when you get in your car, you don't have to have to have all the power and the and the strength to do it. No, the engine does it same way. The Holy Spirit's like our spiritual engine, so to speak, inside of us. So what do we need this power for? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. It's power to endure during trials and troubles like we're going through right now. As I know, as we're going through this 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 pandemic and we have been for a few weeks now, we're. Things have been shut down on lockdown and, and it's Resurrection Sunday and, and we can't be here together and, and maybe you, you, your emotions have been all over the place. Maybe fear, worry, maybe you've lost your job or, or there's the fear of your job being lost. Maybe some a loved one you know is sick or you're worried about getting sick. There's so many different things that is going on in the world right now. But guess what? Part of that resurrection power is so we can get through these trials and tribulations and not just get through them not just survive them but i love as it says we can thrive through them right listen it's by the grace of god we sang about god's grace this morning the matter of fact the bible says that your power comes from god's grace he told the apostle uh, paul that when paul had this weakness and and he had this thorn in his flesh and he said that 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 my power works best in your weakness my grace is all that you need listen the grace of god is available for you to tap into your power comes from God's grace, and it's all the sources, the Holy Spirit of the living God that lives inside you. So it's power to endure trials and tribulations. It's power to overcome temptation. When you are tempted, as we just, we've been repenting of our sin, as we repented again this morning, um, while we took communion. Listen, Jesus said you will always have temptation, but he's given us the Holy Spirit, the resurrection power of God inside of us to overcome all temptation. And it's also the power to preach the gospel and perform miracles. I love this. Look at Mark 16. This is also after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Mark 16, 15 through 20. And then he told them, this is Jesus, told them, go into the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in other languages or some tra translations say other tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink any po anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. So I was going to stop there, but let's go further. Look, he said we would be able to do this, but then it shows right after what happens with the disciples because of resurrection power. When the Lord Jesus has finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven, this is the ascension, and set down at the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And listen to this. It wasn't them. 
And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. So you see that? It's the resurrection power inside of us through the Holy Spirit that, man, we can be a witness. Man, we can lay hands on people and they can get healed. I'm believing for miracles. I'm believing in this time, church, that you're stirred up more than ever. I know I've been getting stirred for the power of God, for the presence of God, for us to see miracles and, and healings and salvations like never before. Well, you know what, man? What a great time right now, especially in this day and age with, with, with social media. And we can be a witness to people uh, from, from just uh, from our phones and iPads and with a sin button that we can be a witness and a light to those around us and especially right now people they 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 want answers that they're lost they don't know what's going on and listen church we have the answer we can preach the good news with our life with our words with our love just as Jesus said we would be able to do because of this resurrection power so hey let me ask this how do you stay plugged into this power three quick basic things but i love how how the bible lays it out Three things. Pray in the Holy Spirit. We talked a couple weeks ago about needing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, wait until the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We need to pray in the Spirit. Look what Jude 20 says. But you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. As we pray in the Spirit, it builds us up. It builds up our faith. It it, it builds us up in the Spirit. Number two, read your Bible daily. Not only to read it, but study it. As I was studying for this message about the resurrection, man, I was getting so filled up and looking at all the different Gospels and the different meanings. There's so much in here that I can get into. Uh, it was so, It's so powerful. The Word of God is living. It's active. It's sharpened any two-edged sword. Look what Acts 20.32 says. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. So pray in the spirit, read your Bible daily, meditate on the word. And number three, I mentioned this a few times since we've been in the season to control your mouth. Look at Ephesians 429. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such that is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. You saw the thread in all of these Praying in the Spirit, reading the Word, and and watching our mouth. What is it? Every one of those said, building yourself up. If you stay spiritually strong, it will build up your power supply. Listen, if you feel like, man, I'm lacking power. Hey, do these basic things on a regular basis. And listen, you're going to be continue to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, it's not your strength. It's His. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. That resurrection power because of the Holy Spirit in us, is our reality today. And the third and final thing, and this is amazing, the reality of shared glory. The reality of shared glory. 1 Corinthians 5.23 says this, But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when He comes back. The Lord promised that He would give new life to all who believe in Him. When Christ returns, all his people will be resurrected to be with him forever. Oh, what a, what a promise, huh? Saints, as we just read during communion and, 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 first Corinthians 11, that we, we, we have communion and it, it, we remember his death, but it announces his return as well. Look at Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place 
of undeserved privilege where we now stand. We, deserve, we, we don't deserve it. We're, this is a privilege to be serving God, but we stand in faith right now. And we can confidently, listen to this, and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Did you know that? Did you know one day we're going to share in God's glory? Because of Jesus' resurrection, we have the privilege and the reality, and one day we're going to share in God's glory. See, sharing God's glory describes the content as, as, of our hope as believers, as born-again believers in Christ. That's the great hope is that we're going to be with the Lord in glory. What a blessing, what an amazing thought that we can't even wrap our natural minds around. See, the Greek word glory here depicts God's majesty and overwhelming presence. We're going to share that with them one day, church, and it's going to be eternal. It's not just going to be for a moment. But we're going to be able to experience God's glory and share in his glory because of what Jesus did for us. Look at Romans 8, 19 and, uh, 18 and 9. Romans 8, 18 and 19. I consider that what we suffer at this present time cannot be compared at all with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. All creation awaits with eager longing for God to reveal his children. I love this scripture. It says everything that we're suffering, that we're going through, and right now in this present time, I know even before this pandemic began, there's a lot of you out there that have been through a lot. You've been hurt. You've had loss in your life. You may be grieving. And then this came along, and now even more so, maybe you're suffering. Maybe you're out there, you've been physically suffering. You're suffering because you have loved ones in the hospital or someone that's sick. I just got word today that a, that a brother passed, a uh, brother's mom passed away and couldn't see or couldn't be with her. Maybe you're suffering. Listen, we go through a lot of pain and suffering on this earth, but the Bible tells us that all of that suffering we go through cannot even compare to the glory that's going to be revealed and we're going to share in one day. You know, when I read this, and I was actually talking to my wife about this as well this morning I've, I've i've mentioned this to other pastors and they all agree when i read this i feel what what the apostle paul is saying is you know what when we get to heaven and we enter into the glory of god and we share in that glory i believe we're not even going to remember the suffering that we went through on this earth that is what i believe my hope and my faith is that when we get there you know what the glory and his majesty is going to be so incredible and unspeakable i believe we won't even remember the suffering we went through now, these three realities of the resurrection are for those, as we just read, who belong to Christ or who are his children. So if you don't know today that you belong to Christ, if, if you're, you're a child of God, I've said this before many times. We see this again. The Bible makes it clear. Not everybody's a child of God. Everybody's God's creation. And God does love everybody. John 3.16 makes that clear. He so loved the world. He loves everybody that he sent Jesus down. But it says here, we just read it, that one day God's going to reveal who his children are. Not everybody's a child of God. Not everybody's in right standing with God. So if you're not in right standing with God today, or you know you don't belong to him, you're not, you're, you're not a part of the family of God, what should you do? Well, Romans 3.22 tells us, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. Let me stop there. It goes back to where we started with Peter. No matter who you are or what you've done, you could be made right with God today if you put your faith and trust in Jesus. Trust me, I'd have never thought I would be up here today. 
or any of these days after everything that I had did in my life. I did so many horrible things. But it doesn't matter who you are, or what you've done. The Bible says this is true for everyone who believes. That word believes means to trust him like you would trust a parachute if you jumped out of a plane, that it would save your life. Let's continue reading. For everyone has sinned, all of us. We all have sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Here we go again. We're made right by believing that Jesus died on the cross for our sins in our place. Listen to this. This shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them and in what he would do in this present time. God did this, God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just. And he makes sinners right in his sight when you believe in Jesus. You see that? I usually just quote one of those scriptures in, 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 in uh, Romans 6, 23 or 3.23. But I wanted to read that because three times he, he tells us if we trust in Jesus, if we believe in Jesus. We can be made right with God. And the Bible makes it clear. God is right. He's just. He's fair. He wants you to be in a relationship with him. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. And we just saw it was made clear that we all sin. And now the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, I just read a scripture again as I'm reading through Romans right now that just popped out at me. And it's in Romans 4, 4. It says, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. So if you look at that with Romans 6, 23, we earn death, eternal death, because we choose to sin. But you get eternal life. Me and you get eternal life as a free gift. And when you look at all these scriptures, some people say, well, man, that's why well, God's not being fair. How could God send somebody to hell? No, no, God doesn't send anybody to hell. It makes it clear the wages of sin. We earn that. We make a choice if we are, continue to sin and don't turn to God. But the good news today is, church, listen, this is great news. Or whoever you are listening, you may be tuning in for the first time today to our services. And I want to encourage you. God did everything to where to make a way for you to be with him in eternity. I, I love how somebody said it. God doesn't send anybody to hell. Matter of fact, you got to step over Jesus to get there. And I, I hope that, that me sharing these scriptures have made that clear. Today, if you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if I'm in right standing with him. We just read in Romans what it says to do is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust him. There's other scriptures that say repent of your sin. That word repent means to turn away. It really means to rethink, but it means to turn away and say, God, I'm sorry for sinning. I ask that you forgive me and I turn to you. If that's you today, I want to lead you in a simple prayer. Just pray with me. And you know right now, you know deep down in your heart if you're not right with God. I just want you to pray with me. This will be the best resurrection Sunday you'll ever have. Just say this. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for going to the cross and pouring out your blood. Thank you, Lord, that you was buried for three days, but you didn't stay in that grave. You rose again in resurrection power, and now you're seated at the right hand of God. Because of this, I receive your free gift of salvation today. 
I'm sorry for sinning. I repent and I turn away. And now, Lord, I turn to you and I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe in you, Jesus. I trust you with my life and with my eternity. Now give me the grace, the strength, and the power to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you, it's been a long time and you've went away from the Lord, but you came back today. Like Peter, you know Jesus has been searching you out. There's a connection card in the post right there below or above. Click on that connection card when we're done. Let us know that you gave your life to Christ today. We want to pray for you. We'll mail you a Bible and some other materials if you need so. And I want to encourage you with this as we close. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, listen to what Romans 5.11 says. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. Hey, listen, if you made that decision today for the first time, we rejoice with you your new relationship with Christ. We look forward to having a relationship with you. If you're tuning in for the first time, when we come back together, hey, look, we look forward to meeting you and hugging your neck. Let us know in the comments below or in the connection card. We want to connect with you. There's also a link for prayer requests. Please, if you have a prayer need, let us know about it. We want to pray with you. We want to stay in contact with you. There's also a link to give if you'd like to give. And I want to thank everyone. I know everybody's been still faithful doing that, and we appreciate that. But listen, I just want to conclude today and just pray. And one more time, just thank the Lord for all that he's done, for conquering death, hell, and the grave, and, and being raised to new life so we could be raised to new life and have all of these realities. Would you pray with me as we close? Let's just thank the Lord. Lord, we thank you again as we celebrate you. Lord, today on Resurrection Sunday, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for conquering the grave, for conquering death, for conquering hell, for conquering sin, Lord. We know, Lord God, you conquered it all for us because you loved us so much. Lord God, you went to the cross, to the grave, but you didn't stay there. Lord, you was raised to new life. Now you're seated at the right hand of the Father, and we worship you and thank you for that today. Thank you for giving us new life. We were once dead in our sins, and yet, y'all, you raised us to new life. Thank you for those that just made that decision today and that one day we're going to be resurrected. Our bodies, even when our bodies perish, we'll be resurrected and be with you and we'll share in the glory, Lord, that you have for us. Thank you for the grace, the power, and the strength, Lord God, that you have given us and for redeeming us and always going after us. Lord, bless everyone that's out there, every single person, Lord, that has placed a prayer request maybe in the comments below or that are needing prayer right now, just extend my hand and pray you touch them, bless them and their families today as they continue to celebrate the rest of the day and the days ahead. And we'll be sure to give you all the glory and the honor, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. We love you. We're praying for you. And we'll be connecting with you soon. In Jesus' name, have a great day.